everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to the show once again, everybody. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here for Poker Action Line. And lots of news out there, Joe. Uh, everything going on all over the world. Lots of South Florida news out there. Uh, a new bill in the Florida legislature that could change the landscape of things. Uh, it's very, actually, pro-Seminole uh, uh, tribe and uh, could affect uh, other places. So what would you like to bet that the people, the sponsors of that bill in the, in the House are, are, are back to uh, get, get uh, money from the Seminoles? Yeah, well, the thing is, is uh, and we'll talk about it later, but, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, uh, other people want come in and that's going to cut down on the money that the Seminoles give to the state of Florida, so uh, they're bending over backwards to take care of them, and I, I can certainly understand that. Uh, the problem is, is a lot of these other places outside of Dade and Broward would love to get slots, thought they had a good opportunity. That's probably not going to happen, especially if this bill passes, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, other games and, and, and poker here, here, uh, games as well. Here, here, here's my take from somebody who's been in this for so long, okay? The, 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 the state house, the assembly, whatever, they're all a bunch of cowards because they're afraid if they open it up, you know how much more money they would make than what the Seminoles are giving to them. But since they're already out there, they're trying to squeeze every dollar because they don't want to have the possibility of opening this up. We struggled through poker for 13 years before they opened it up. You've got to hear all the arguments, Dave. They, they were so freaking ridiculous. It, it, it's annoying that you think that some of these people actually got elected right. to, serve the, to serve the public, okay? I hear you. And let me tell you something. This is all this is. If they opened it up that to the amount of tax dollars that they can and the, and the amount of revenue they could generate from opening the whole state up, and it's been proven already, you let each county vote for it. If they want it, it comes in. Plain and simple. It's time for these people to move into the new century, you know, and uh, you know, and, and get on with the program. Right. You know, the, those people that are constantly fighting the fact that. Gambling is evil, the the no proposition, you know, it, it, it's time to tell them, you know, go find something else to do. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, I think back to uh, the early days of uh, the casinos here in South Florida. For years and years, we, we looked uh, to try to get uh, slot machines here in South Florida. Uh, finally, in Broward, 2005 opened, uh, down in Dade, 2007. And uh, everybody thought that, uh, you know, they were hung, everything was hunky-dory. Uh, but I think almost every place down here, I mean, not every place, but uh, just about all the paramutuals, I think, have been sold over the last decade, and, and with a couple still to go, but uh, a couple in, in the process. Well, the ownership, I know the ownership. In Miami was sold. The ownership, a Dane lot of the ownership sold. people were a little, you know, as the saying goes, a little long in the tooth there. Yeah, well, you and, know, and, and I don't know they if they wanted, cash in. and listen, yeah, there's a thing to cash in on that, and they didn't want to go through all the hassle. Remember, a lot of the sales happened after they dropped the the, the tax rate from 50 to 35, right, right. and even there's bills out there trying to lower that to, to 25%, 25, right, sure. which is a more normal thing. Even if, even at 30%, it would make a big difference. 
But, you know, Big Dave, you know, you remember the opposition to this. this was, you, you'll forgive me that I keep going back to this, but the opposition thought, you know, that the, you know, the, the world was going to end, that, you know, that uh, we would become a crime. prostitution, crack houses would open up everywhere. Corruption. Guess what? No fire and brimstone, you know, uh, you know. The, the the world is still going on over here. Yeah, exactly. No no organized crime is in is in town with this. You know, it, it just proves you know, that we know of. how idiotic these people are. <laughs> Listen, right now, we know that in Vegas it used to be run that way. You know, these people have seen all these movies. Now it's all corporate run, just like all these highlight right, right. casinos are down here. Right. And, and and if there are any that aren't corporate run, they probably will be very shortly. Ma- Magic City is probably the only one that's family owned still and, and is run that way. The and they've family, done right. They're exactly. And they've been running well, this. Let's run them down. We've got, uh, we got Miami Dane. Of course, the two highlights have both been sold both, a couple exactly. of times. Uh the, for the dog tracks, you got uh, Biscayne from years ago went out of business. Uh, is that Billy Joel? <laughs> sorry, that's about the opening that. for the piano, yeah, man, isn't sorry. it? Yeah, it might be. It might be. So. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry about that. Magic City is still the the Hecht family, the um, Izzy and uh, the, the Havenicks. Right, uh, the Havenicks. That, but the Hecht family, uh, Isidore Hecht, and that whole family. Uh, Calder is Churchill Downs, but has owned it for quite a while. Right. Uh, Gulfstream, Gulfstream is, is, is uh, Stronick, who has been Stronick, who has been in a place there for quite some time. That's still the same people, but uh, no, Magic City. But, but uh, Gulfstream, or, I mean, Mardi Gras is being He might sold. be in charge there, but I think Gulfstream was sold to the uh, uh, to the Santa Anita to the Santa Anita people. Yeah, Magna Corporation is yeah. is the one that owns it. So exactly. Frank Stronic, but he's been there for quite some time. But and and before uh, casinos, but uh, the big news now down here in town is Mardi Gras is being sold. Uh, Hartman and Tyner were the owners, and have owned it since 1977. Uh, it's not official yet, and the closing is coming up in March. But supposedly Jeff Sofer, uh, who owns the Turnberry Group, uh, Turnberry Isle. Uh, also owns Aventura Mall and Fountain Blue and Hotel, Fountain Blue Hotel. Hotel. Yeah, and that's yeah. the big news because he has always wanted to try to get a hold of this, switch the uh, the Mardi Gras license, which he can't do. He cannot switch it to another county. He can't even move it elsewhere, basically. But he wants to get involved in the casino business, and then hopefully someday Fountain Blue, uh, which is built, I'm told. Uh, with casinos in mind, I think the whole structure of the place could be easily converted to a they, casino. Very they quickly. did that like a good 15, uh, 15 years ago when there was like a vote, you know, like uh, when there was talk in, in the Senate over here in the Florida Senate and, and the House that, that they may be coming, uh, that they may allow, you know, uh, what was it? What's it called? The destination destination casino. Casino. Uh, they thought it would be Genting at one time. Exactly. In the, the old so Herald building. So they they let me tell you something. They, they could be up and running probably in about a month if they I needed. You're to. right. I think if they right. could, if they needed to, you know, Fountain Blue would. Do. Now, granted, the being that being that I've enjoyed myself driving a little bit of Uber just to get out of the house and earn some money. Um, the one issue that I have seen now with any any event in the beach, it's a nightmare to get in there. Oh, so yeah. I can't even imagine what oh. would happen if a casino, you know. If a, yeah, people don't think about that. You're right about that, though. You know, I'm going, it's taken me 45, I'm not kidding you. I don't remember the event that was going on, 
But once I was on the Julia Tuttle uh, uh, causeway. causeway to get into to get into the beach, I was literally three miles from the Fountain Blue. It took me 46 minutes. Wow. To get to the Fountain Blue to yeah. drop somebody off. Yeah, there. I don't. When there's a holiday like the big uh, urban holiday on uh, Memorial Day, or uh, what's the big art thing they have? Art oh, Basel. Art Basel. I mean, all the things they have down there, the boat show, whatever. You know, I mean, it's just a. It's nightmare just to their infrastructure is not set up for handling that amount of right. people. There's, right. There isn't enough. Ru- there are no highways on the on the on Miami Beach. Right. So it's all you know, all streets uh, with with businesses, businesses, uh, all residential streets. And a few commercial streets like Collins, Ocean Drive, Washington, Alton Road, you know, they have a they have a street light at every, you know, <laughs> they have a traffic light on, on every corner. Right. So it's it's a complete nightmare to travel in the beach. So I'd love to know how they would handle that situation, but let let's hope they get a chance to handle that situation. Well, right now, moving it to the Fountain Blue or any place else is illegal. And uh, Sulfur says was quoted as saying in the Miami Herald. Uh, it's not in the cards, uh, no pun intended. Uh, I, he says, I just like the real estate. I like the business. I think it's a good opportunity. He's speaking of the Mardi Gras property. So, um, you know, if right now, Florida law doesn't allow the transfer of casino licenses to another property. Uh, Gulfstream tried to do that in 2014, was denied by the state of Florida. Uh, they had uh, tried to transfer a paramutual permit to the Omni Hotel complex, well, uh, I, by, owned by Genting. I don't know if you know this, but I know that in the um, it was I don't know I think it was in the in the early early to mid 90s, the diplomat tried to <laughs> they had a back door to save themselves, but tried to donate the the diplomat the old diplomat uh, to the Seminoles in hopes that the Seminoles could open a a casino there. Right, and they were denied by I don't know uh, who, you know. Who handled that? I don't think it was the state of Florida, but you know they they did not recognize that as Indian land, right. so they could not open up another casino. But that's that's been tried already many years ago, and yeah, at that property over there. Well, besides that, a lot of the other stuff is happening that could change in the future, and who knows what. Uh, you know, if Sofer thinks that he someday will get a casino there at the Fountain Blue, may maybe means that he has people in the legislature that are uh, on his side that, that may vote for certain things. But a couple of major things are, are coming, including just in yesterday's uh, newspapers here locally, uh, a new bill coming out in the House, the Florida House. We'll talk about that. And also last week was uh, the SB 840 in the Senate, uh, introduced by Senator Travis Hudson. Uh, that would allow racetracks to operate casinos without live racing, trying yeah, to basically decoupling. decoupling. Uh, reducing the taxes on the slot machines, as you mentioned, to 25%, and exempting fantasy sports games from regulation in Florida. So uh, we'll take a look at that. Uh, but the new one just came out, and uh, we're look, still wondering what this is going to happen. And as I mentioned earlier, it is a bill that is uh, pretty positive for the uh, the Indian reservation, uh, the Indian tribe that, ha- open, that owns uh, seven casinos in the state of Florida. Uh, but this new bill, which uh, we have no idea if it's going to pass or not, it's just coming out right now. It's called, uh, uh, well, it has a very strange name, P- PCB TGC 1801. Um, it was approved by the uh, House Tourism and Gaming Control Subcommittee 9 to 6. 
and it would direct the governor to renew the existing compact with the tribe. Now, we've talked about that. For there was 20 years exclusively. Right, but the, the compact is, has expired, and the Indians still operate their uh, um, blackjack uh, tables and uh, um, you know because they reached agreement with the governor. Now, that isn't a compact. Uh, the compact still needs to be approved by the legislature, so... Uh, they kind of bypassed the legislature at this time and just kind of thumbed their nose at them and said, listen, uh, we've made a deal with the governor. We don't care what you think. But there still has to be some sort of legal compact eventually to govern this. Otherwise, well, it opens them to all Apparently not. Well, apparently not. They're, well, we'll they're getting away with it. They're getting away with it. And, they're all, and the reason they are is because, you know, these guys, like I said, the, the, the idiots that we have representing a, a large part of the state of Florida – you know, know that they don't want to lose the money that the in, that the Seminoles are giving them. But if you know, if they had any stones, they'd have, they'd have opened this thing up, told the Indians, "All right, we don't need you to do this. Let's see how successful you are when we open this up to destinations." Right. Because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Dave. You know, it, we know you know what a great job they've done in poker, and you know what a beautiful hotel they have, and. I can't imagine how much how beautiful the new guitar shaped yeah, hotel coming. Coming and you know the whole complex is going to look. It's going to be breathtaking, I'm sure. Well, but, let me just run down this new bill, and whether it passes or not is a whole other story. But uh, it does direct the governor to uh, renew the existing compact uh, for their uh, seven casinos, and uh, it would outlaw these uh, designated player games that we talked about that are kind of in a legal limbo right now. Uh, basically a hy- uh, hybrid between blackjack and poker. Uh, the bank of revolves around uh, and uh, is, is run it's, by it's the, the other players. It's games that are already being played. Play, player at, banked at, games, they call right, them. Right, they're, they're games that are already being played at the Hard Rock. But this rule, this uh, new bill also prohibits counties outside of Dade and Broward that have approved referendums allowing slot machines from installing them. So it would which is, stop Which is these Jacksonville, other I think well, West Palm West Beach, Beach uh, Jacksonville. Up, in, up in Gretna, uh, up in the Panhandle, right. uh, all these places that had these special votes. People voted for it, but they will not be able to open slot machines. Yeah, what happens to their representatives from those counties? Why aren't they standing up for the people who voted for it? It has a 20-year length to it, uh, this bill. And uh, Michael LaRosa from St. Cloud, uh, the chairman of the committee, said it would probably box up all gaming and gambling in the state of Florida for two decades. Yeah, and that's going fi- to face heavy competition against it, you know, because I just I can't see the state of Florida not eventually just opening up the state, you know, and, and doing this. I, I mean, Dave, you know, their their views are just so ridiculous. And, right. And you, what did we discuss last week over there? What was a big discussion in sports? How the NBA is looking to allow, you know, uh, states to have gambling on NBA games getting 1% because they know that's the – listen, it, it goes on. You want to bury your head in the sand and believe that it doesn't, you know, that's up to you. But it goes on. Might as well, you know, legislate it earn some tax dollars from it, and so that the residents and, and the people who live in Florida can get some benefits from it. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, this bill does not include decoupling, uh, the House bill. The Senate does. Uh, the other thing is uh, it would increase the payments from the uh, Indians from $250 million a year to at least 325 in exchange for that exclusive operation of blackjack in the two counties. 
and uh, borrowing slot machines from the rest of everything outside of South Florida. And for the first time, uh, it uh, will send revenue for exclusive uh, from the exclusive operation of their games to education programs aimed at expanding charter schools to recruit and retain teachers in both uh, schools and higher education. And that is probably what's going to keep it from passing because the Democrats in the House do not want uh, that to come in through. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's, of course, a lot of support and money pouring in they, from not only the Seminoles, but also, of course, Disney World. Didn't a similar bill pass the, the committee and, and it was never heard never, last never year voted. as the session yeah. came to Second, an end? That was the Senate. Yeah. But the Senate bill is uh, is quite a bit different, as we know. And uh, people are wondering, why are the poker guys talking about the casinos? Because it's not really poker. Well, of course, there's a huge tie in there. And obviously, uh, when there's huge money coming in to casinos, wherever, there's going to be increased poker. And uh, and obviously, it's expansion of, of, of gaming there. And, and Dave, you know, especially with you, Dave, you've been in it a lot longer. We both love the sport of highlight. The game is beautiful on its own. But, you know, if you've noticed numbers for the paramutuals in this area have just plummeted. And one of the biggest things, you know, is that once you get some form of casino gambling in an area, it's extremely difficult for paramutuals to survive. Right. Because their take is usually somewhere around 25%. And people would rather go to the casino than go there and look at the products that we're seeing around the state just to keep those things in line where they're playing, you know, one-on-one, having a, having a, having a uh, uh, what do you call it, a roster of 12 players, yeah. you know, as opposed to when it used to be 60, 70 players, and you had some great 12 players. Highlight. I mean, uh, they, they bastardized the sport to down two players or three players in a couple places. Right, and just play it exactly just to, just to meet the bare minimum that the state tells you you have to meet to be able to keep whatever game you have, whether it's slot machines, poker room, whatever. Uh, the other thing is uh, uh, the support coming on right now, and people are speaking out for this House bill, includes, not surprisingly, the No Casinos Advocacy Group. Uh, and because it rejects decoupling, uh, the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders Association and the Florida Greyhound Association both support, and it is opposed by Democrats who want to give the horse and dog tracks that need to compete with the tribe more gaming options. So we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, that's the story. Uh, the uh, Jeffrey So for sale uh, is supposed to be completed in March, from what we hear. Um, of course, things change in the legislature, could fall through, who knows. But uh, uh, right now, poker is open at Mardi Gras, and uh, there are no slot machines, although there is building going on, from what I hear. And eventually that will open. Uh, people I've talked to said that, you know, the day Sofer takes over, the slots will machines will be working the next day. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, that's our first segment. Let's take a break. We'll be back with uh, uh, a lot of tournaments uh, getting underway. Several have just been completed. We'll run down some of those results, including the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which just finished. A good friend of ours, Daryl Fish, won that one, and we'll talk about uh, his victory. And uh, big stuff still to come. So stick around. We'll be back with more on the show after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. 
Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Look at all the cars. Lots of colored cars. Now there's a blue one. Isn't it pretty? Ooh, look how fast that red one's going. It's red like that stop sign. Like my jacket. This is a 38-year-old man. My jacket's not a car, is it? Is my jacket a car? My jacket is red, but it doesn't go fast. He may sound a little strange to you and me. But to his two-year-old son, who's interested in cars and colors, he makes perfect sense. That's the sound cars make. When you talk with your child, you build vocabulary. And learning starts long before school does. So follow their lead. Take simple everyday moments, like eating dinner or just watching cars go by, and turn them into learning moments. Ooh, look, red car. Yes, that's moving awfully fast. Blue car. Yes, the man in the red car is about to meet the man in the blue car. Get himself a pretty pink ticket. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. For more tips, go to bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA National Events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Back on the show, having a fun conversation in the, in the break, and uh, that's all you need to know about today's world. That, does, that says it all. <laughs> that's all you have to say. <laughs> Uh, and that's sad, too. Yeah, really. Uh, back on the show, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the recent things that have happened around the world of poker. Uh, down here in South Florida, we had the Lucky Arts Poker Open. And uh, great series. Uh, big names winning a lot of the events. Uh, we talked about some of the early events. Uh, the Friends of Ours won. Uh, Michael Moed won the uh the PLO uh, 8 uh, tournament, very early in the tournament, uh, was event number 2. Uh, Scott Baumstein won the opener, the big $1,100 WPT deep stacks. Uh, Irish Schwartz is a good friend of mine for a long time uh, from uh, Weston Hills days. Uh, he won the seniors event. And then some of the other uh, winners you might be aware of, Errol Massey, a uh, well-known player down here, won the uh, Omaha 8 stud 8 split. Uh, Stefan Schilhabel, a breakout player, a German player, won the Super High Roller. Ari Engel won an event. Um, Justin Bonomo won the 25K High Roller. And Ben Tollerine won the $5,000 re-entry. And then the main event was won by Daryl Fish, uh, who's been on the show with us many times. Uh, always been very kind. He always comes up and says hello when he sees me at the Hard Rock or anywhere else. And uh, he won the uh, Lucky Arts Poker Open. When we were on the show last week, we were down to the final two, I think, or final three? No, they were heads up. They were heads okay. up. Remember, he, yeah, he, I just, think he had just taken a $21 million in chips to $6 million for his opponent. And ended up losing that lead. They went back to even. Um, the head-to-head play lasted four hours. Woo. I mean, it, was, I, I did, it did end before I could get over there. I, was, I had joked and said, you know, if I get in the car and it's still going on, I might try to get over there and catch the end of it. But uh, they went 
uh, a ton of hands. I think it went 40 hands before uh, they got to the point where uh, the blinds were 300K, 600K with 100K ante. So uh, basically eight of the next ten hands were all in hands with the two guys. It was uh, Daryl Fish and Alexander Shevelev, as we talked about last week. Uh, so finally uh, they finished up and got to the point where Shevelev uh, uh, had a 60-40 chip lead. Um, he challenged him uh, by shoving all in. Shevelev did. Fish made the call, and Shevelev had 8-10 offsuit, and Fish had king-jack offsuit. So basically, uh, not a race, obviously the edge to Shevelev uh, there. But the flop came queen 9-8, which made things very interesting, obviously setting up very possible uh, straights for both guys. Um, there was a king on the turn, though, which gave uh, Fish the lead back, and Shevelev uh, needed an ace or a jack to uh, to take the hand. Uh, the, the, the river was a 10 of diamonds, and so Fish actually did have a straight, but he was already ahead uh, with the Kings anyway. So it was kind of a necessary. So that was the championship. Fish wins uh, $511,000. Shevelev, second place, 331 Uh As we mentioned on last week's show, Andy Frankenberger took third, uh, 244K. Ness Riley, uh, great story. Her and her husband both played in the events uh, this week, uh, 182000 for fourth. Brett Bader was fifth, and Alan Crocky was six. That puts Fish over $3.75 million for his uh, career earnings. And he's now won uh, at the Aussie Millions. He's won the WSOP circuit. It was his first title on the WPT. So uh, pretty amazing. Uh, plays a lot of tournaments. He has 150 career caches on his uh, wow. resume, which is pretty amazing. And how old is Daryl? He's, I don't know exactly. I would say... His 30s? Maybe early 30s, yeah. Yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, but uh, he's been around for a while, and uh, he started young, but he's uh, uh, a good guy, and uh, I'm very happy to see him win that tournament. It's very nice. Uh, so next up at the Seminole Hard Rock will be the Summer Showdown, uh, which uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, which February will be... February 21st? No, no, that's the, uh, that's the uh, Coconut Creek uh, WSOP circuit. Event. Oh, is that the one that's coming up? Okay. That's the next one coming up at the circuit. But the... Uh, Hard Rock Showdown starts uh, with uh, a 570 buy-in event with six opening sessions on April the 5th, and the main event will be on uh, Friday and Saturday, April 13th and 14th, and that'll be, uh, of course, a televised event. So. Uh, that's the next big one for the Seminole Hard Rock. When does that start? The the total amount, you know, like it's just not just a main event event, right? It's no, it's all kinds of the first that first event that 570 starts on April 5th. April 5th. And right. let me just for Joe look up the seniors event. That's 50 ex- plus. That's what I was looking at. Is also on April 5th, Thursday, April 5th, uh, buy in. at 11 a.m. $300 buy-in. All right. And uh, the Omaha I, 8 or better. I think I know where I'll be on April 5th. <laughs> yeah, I want to see you uh, do well in one of those. It'll be fun to watch that. But uh, in between now and then, of course, is the circuit event, and we'll talk with about some of the results of the circuit the uh, last couple times. But that comes to uh, Coconut Creek February 8th through the 19th. So uh, that that will be interesting as well to see how they handle that there. Um, 
I think they have the plenty of room. It doesn't have a hotel on the premises, but uh, lots of hotels nearby. And uh, we will uh, see how they handle that. It's kind of like baby brother uh, taking his first steps. Well, well, listen, they can they can push the people to stay at the Hard Rock. It's not that far a ride to no. Coconut Creek. What would you say, about 20 miles? Uh, not that roughly, far? Roughly, maybe. I don't think it's quite that far, but, you know, you're definitely within the ballpark, 15 to 20 miles in that range. Right. Easy. And, of course, lots of secondary events, lots of satellites. Uh, we'll certainly look forward to all of that. So, uh, by the way, at the uh, Lucky Hearts, uh, 20 players earned six figures or more. Wow. Nice. So plenty of money out there to be had, and uh, pretty exciting time. Now, the circuit has uh, been playing at a couple different places. They were in Tunica, and the winner of the Tunica event uh, was Sam Washburn. Uh, it was an all-star table, but not all-star in the way that we might think. Uh, there are, that's the one thing I was talking about, Joe, was that there are so many players winning uh, tournaments and final table, making final tables and that sort of thing that uh, we're not recognizing a lot of these names. But do you think that's good for the sport? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good for <clears throat> the fields growing because, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, not the same 10, 15, 20 players are constantly winning. Uh, so you need that. Now, from from a fan's point of view, you know, the casual uh, observer of poker, they're probably more interested in seeing the bigger names Win these tournaments and competing against one each one you know one another to to win these tournaments, but as a poker player, I you know I would you know I think that's great that that happens. It it gives everybody else a, a little bit of hope that they can compete against these these big boys. Right. Uh, Sam Washburn, 57 years old, a retiree from Yellville, Arkansas, a town of 1,000 people, uh, gets the win there. He defeats Scott Stewart in head-to-head -head play. Uh, some of the other names you might have heard of at the final table, Kyle Cartwright, who's won several rings, and Jake Baisley, uh, finishing fifth and sixth, respectively. Uh, Hafiz Khan uh, won the tournament in uh, Thunder Valley in the Sacramento area. And uh, at that final table, he defeated Roland Shen. Heads up for that ring. Gregory Guth took third, and uh, Josh Prager took ninth. Uh, so... Uh, next up on the circuit is uh, an event outside of Milwaukee at uh, Potawatomi, uh, which is an Indian casino there. And uh, they will host uh, the tournaments uh, starting tomorrow. February 1st is the first event, a 365 Turbo, and the main event starts on February the 9th. So uh, that's the circuit. That's all going on now. Uh, Aussie Millions uh, gets underway. Uh, the main event is underway, and we will be uh, catching some of the uh, um, feed if you want to. Also, there's a created event that I want to talk about after the next break called uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, Poker Open, which is uh, kind of an interesting new event, maybe somewhat along the lines of the Poker Masters that uh, was not long ago. And uh, that's going to be out in Las Vegas, and uh, we'll run down some of those information there. So uh, a lot of stuff happening all over the place, big tournaments. And I, I, I was thinking about it, Joe, and, and you just see so many new names winning some of these things. Are there just more and more people getting into the game, or is, it, uh, is the playing field leveled out to the point where the beginners are now, have now caught up with the stars? 
I don't think the beginners have caught up with the stars. Somewhat, though. It's, it's you know, listen, they've definitely not narrowed. Beginners. Not beginners. <clears throat> let's, let's, they're not beginners anymore. They were beginners maybe five, six years ago. Right, but relative novices to, to you know, as far as experience is concerned, to the, to the top pros. The, uh, the gap has definitely narrowed, okay, but I don't think it's narrowed to that point where, where they're even close to being on the same playing field. But it's like, uh, you know, T.J. Coulier said it on here uh, when he was on our show many, many years ago um, that, you know, there's a lot of luck involved in these tournaments. You know, they're very long. And, you know, we could just be seeing the string now of, you know, we went many years, remember, without having big-name players, you know, get into the main event. And then over the last few years, you see more of the – the quote professional players, the ones that have been around a while, even if it hasn't been the name players, but we know these are people that have have had a lot of success, right. you know, in the past in big tournaments, have won, you know, million dollar tournament, you know, and and so on and so forth. So I think it's a combination of yes, their play has gotten that much better, and that you know cards have been running good for for some of these players that we haven't heard their names before. And unless these players are mostly cash game players that don't want their names known and just enter the tournament and won it, but you know, I think it's it's you know the combination of both yeah. that their play has improved enough and they've caught enough breaks. They've gotten they've thought about when they're going to push their money in the center and have pushed it in with when percentages are a little bit higher in yeah. their favor. Yeah. Well. You know, I think it's a good thing to see new faces. I think it's also great for uh, fans to see their their favorites and, and some of the big names. And we'll see all of that this summer, I'm sure. But we always well, see new names winning bracelets. Let, let me ask you a question. You asked me, let me ask you, what would you prefer, Dave? What do you like to see? You watch more poker than I do. So what entices you to watch these I think these, I these think programs? the stars and the people who have been on the show and, and the people that I've met and, and uh, enjoyed talking with, I ha- I'm always happy to see them do well. So I guess if I had to lean one or the other, I would I would go for the uh, the stars of the game to be at the final table. And I feel the same way. You know, you wouldn't mind seeing one or two, you know, you know, uh, Nestle unknowns. Riley's. Yeah, unknowns. You know, some unknown names in the you know to the general poker viewing public. But you know, you want to see the Negranos, the Helmuth. You want to see uh, you know. All the all the big names, you know, you want to see Ivy over there. Seidel. Seidel, uh, you know, um, um, Vanessa, Selves. You know, you want to see what we perceive to be the top of the game. And it's not that we perceive Jason. Yeah. I, why wouldn't we love to see Jason on every major final table? You know, these are people that have, you know, weathered the storm over over the years and have proven year in and year out that they are top-notch poker players. So, you know, we enjoy watching the top stars in all the other sports. And if we go to an event, we want to, we want to make sure that the, the best players are there, whether it's LeBron in basketball or Steph Curry or, you know, uh, Stanton in baseball, you know, Brady, Aaron Rodgers in football. You want to see the best yeah. compete. And I yeah, think I that's think what most, I think most people not you just surprising. answered that. So. Uh, it's funny you bring up those two names because we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, 
Uh, Vanessa Selbs kind of semi-retired now from the, the game. Jason has stepped back from his Poker Stars commitment. And the latest to do that uh, is Elkie Grospellier uh, has left Poker Stars as of this week. Uh, after 11 and a half years of being sponsored by them. So uh, that's not only a function of people's lives changing. Uh, obviously, it is for Jason with a new baby. Uh, Vanessa feeling that the game wasn't as fun anymore, wanting to do some other things with her life. But Elkie, I think part of the him leaving was the uh, the people that bought uh, Poker Stars three years ago, the Amaya group, have made a lot of changes and are not as focused on the uh, – the players that represented them as they they were years ago well, they under, may, the, under the Scheinbergs. They may have gotten all the value that they're going to get Possible. from it. Possible. I think I think once the market opens up fully in the United States, you'll see a change in that. But you know, these these uh, great poker players may have brought in as many people as they're going to bring in at this point. Right. So you know. Uh, and like you said, with the new ownership group, they may be wanting to go elsewhere. The bottom line will let them know <laughs> whether they're going to re-sign some of these guys back or sign, you know, the the up-and-coming poker stars. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll take a look, uh, you know, at, at uh, how some of these things shake out this year. I think it's a big year for poker and, and big changes out at the World Series that we'll be talking about, of course, all summer. But, uh a lot of stuff still to talk about here tonight. Let's take a break, though. Uh, I want to get back to that uh, Elkie uh, column that uh, came out today and uh, talk about what's going to happen in the near future for some of these sites, but things are always changing. Party Poker is making a big comeback, and Mike Sexton, of course, joining uh, up the, with them. And, and uh, you know, a lot of things are going to happen in the world of uh, online poker as well. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more of the show. Don't forget that you can always pick up the show on our uh, website, PokerActionLine.com, or you can go to iTunes, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to SoundCloud and uh, just uh, search for the show, Poker Action Line, every week. Of course, you can always hear us on the uh, Hold'em Radio Network, which is at Hold'emRadio.com. And uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page is another as well. So plenty of places to pick up the show, and we hope you do every week. And we will be back with the rest of tonight's show when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. 
The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Daddy. Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, Sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. Welcome back to the show. Two other events to talk about. Uh, one upcoming. Uh, not going to focus too much on the Aussie Millions because uh, I'm pretty interested in this U.S. Poker Open, which is kind of a uh, creation of Poker Central, and uh, you can watch it on the Poker Go app, uh, which was launched, launched last summer. I uh, highly recommend that. Uh, they had a deal over the holidays that you could get a year for $79. used to be uh, 99 but they had a special deal. And uh, or you can get paid by the month, ten dollars a month. So uh, Poker Go is uh, a great place to pick up a lot of great tournaments. But they're putting together this tournament uh, that will be at the Aria, kicking off tomorrow uh, at 12 noon. It's called the U.S. Poker Open. I mentioned it. The buy-ins range from ten thousand to fifty thousand. So it's basically kind of a high roller series. <laughs> Uh, and uh, most of the events will last two days, uh, except the three-day ones, which are the Mixed Game Championship. Uh, very excited at taking a look at that, and also their main events. So uh, if the first, if the players register before the first hand is dealt, they can avoid uh, the tournament fees and, the, and play rig-free. Wow. Which is a good deal. Uh, not a purple jacket like the Poker Masters, but there is a championship trophy on the line for uh, several events, and they will uh, kind of keep you up to date on what's happening with that. Uh, but the mixed game events is really kind of the uh, angle that we talked about in the past and that we're looking forward to. So uh, obviously the big stars will be there, Negranu, uh, Brian Rass, Justin Bonomo, uh, Phil Helmuth, of course, and uh, several other players. But uh, have you heard much about this, Joe? No, I have not, sir. I... Uh I'm I'm actually hearing it now for the first time from you here, you know, with all the other tournaments going around town, and like you said, there's a big roller tournament, so uh, I, I'm falling just a little short of being able to buy into that. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you would play in, but uh, for people that do have the Poker Go app, it, uh, the coverage starts on Friday, uh, February the 2nd, uh, 4 p.m., event number one is a 10,000, no limit, hold'em. Uh, event number four is the mixed game championship. They will be showing day two. It actually starts on uh, uh, the fifth, February fifth. But uh, the coverage will be on the sixth for day two, starting at eight o'clock at night, and the final table the following day at four p.m. So that's the one I'm going to be watching this weekend. Uh, also, there's a main event that uh, is a uh, fifty thousand dollar buy-in and uh, a couple other $25,000 tournaments. But uh, 
should be stacked and it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. Again, go to Poker Go and sign up. A uh, lot of good deals there and uh, a lot of other great uh, feature stuff if you're a fan of the game and uh, you can see a lot of the other stuff there. And there's coverage during the World Series and throughout the year. It's a very well worth it. So looking forward to that. Also, I wanted to talk about the Borgata a little bit, uh, which is on day two today. Uh, they are underway uh, well into the day, obviously, in New Jersey on day two. Uh, they finished uh, day one. Well, actually, uh, uh, at the end of day one B, there were 1,023 entries, uh, which reached the guarantee, the $3 million guarantee. Uh, but they were still taking entries through level 10 of day two, which was today. And uh, the record from last year was 1,312. They didn't quite reach that, but there's 1,244 players uh, involved. And uh, they're quite a ways along today. Um, I'll give you that in just a moment. Sean McBride was the chip leader going into today. And this is another tournament that I see a lot of names, uh, guys that I'm not really familiar with. There are some big names that are doing very well, but... um, I, we talked about a little bit before the show. This was such a big draw in the poker world for years. But now with the Hard Rock and several other things where people could travel to Florida and other uh, warm climates, why would you go to Atlantic City unless you live in New York or uh, Massachusetts or Pennsylvania? Yeah, with the Lucky Hearts just having Turner finished Jersey. up. But, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, with the Lucky Hearts. And they also face competition from that Philadelphia market that they didn't right. have a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, it's just, um, you know, that's just how it is in poker now, Dave, you know, and like we've mentioned on this show, if the Hard Rock decides they want to do this, you know, they want to go, you know, full-blown and have these tournaments every six, seven weeks, these big tournaments, you're going to attract enough people down here that it will affect tournaments around the country, especially in the cold weather states, you know, where, where you know, you're, you're getting these brutal cold fronts that are coming through. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the hell, you're thinking, well, what the hell? Even if it's cold in Miami and, uh, you know, in Hollywood, <laughs> you know, it'll still be 60 degrees. It'll seem like a heat wave. And, you know, why go anywhere else? Well, this is really a pretty uh, cramped leaderboard. Everybody's, nobody's way out in front like you, a lot of times you find on the dinner break of day two. But they are on dinner break. There's 13 players that all have over a million chips. The chip leader is Matthew Salitro with uh, 1,585,000 chips. Kane Callis, who's from Clearwater, actually the son of uh, Harry Callis, the famous uh, Phillies broadcaster, uh, is second with uh, 1.495. Chase Bianchi, 1.390. And some other names you might know in the top 13 over a million chips. Joe McKeon, uh, the former... uh, World Series of main Poker event. main event champ. Uh, Blake Bone uh, has a 1.11 million. Eric Afriat, who won a WPT event uh, down here in South Florida a couple of years ago, a 1.08 million. And Jonathan Little has about the same amount, 90 big blinds at the dinner break. So first place is 651,000, uh, down through uh, the top seven, making over 100K. And... Uh, you know, we're keeping an eye on some of the uh, the people who are involved. 59 left in the tournament. 56 now left in the tournament out of 1,244. And uh, always a great tournament. And they have their own blog, so it's a lot of good coverage. Will the Thrill, of course, won many tournaments up there. And a lot of big-name players have made their name there. 
Uh, Will is still is just excuse me just eliminated uh, in 67th place. Um, some of the other people just eliminated. Uh, not a whole lot of names that I know here. Tyler Patterson, of course, I'm familiar with. 63rd, and they are down to 56. So, uh, pretty interesting event, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, uh, have you played at the Borgata? Tell me a little about, yes, about that. Yes, I have. I've played there. I was there when they were running. Um trying to think i think it was a wpt and i remember then uh, daniel won it and he actually was having dinner uh that's when i was you know trying to to promote and working with some people from orlando while we were trying to get up an internet uh poker site called platinum poker and we were over there <clears throat> at the borgata and we had dinner we had dinner uh that night and and uh, daniel had won uh, the tournament and uh, was sitting. So yeah, I've played there. I got to see also Phil Ivy walk into that into that room. Um, uh, it was nice. You know, it's a nice room. Nothing. You know, the the cash room was nothing out of this world. They had the final six players set up. Right. You know, in in a little area there. The the funniest story that I remember from that big day was <clears throat> when. Uh, Early in the day when they were starting with the final six players, they call forth and you hear an announcement. He goes, will the, will the final six players uh, please start making their way, you know, to the final table? Right. Okay. We will be starting in about 15, 20 minutes. And they go, only the starting players. So at that time, I, I noticed that Mike Matisau is, is talking to a few people. And I'm like, going to the person who's with me. I go, look, that's Mike Matisau. So I got closer. And it was so funny because he tried to walk into the area that's only for the final players and the TV crew and everything else. And a rather large bouncer there was standing there, and he goes, are you one of the players? He goes, no, but I know these guys, and they all know me. And the guy goes, you can't go in there. No, no, but see, I'm I'm so-and-so. And I'm hearing this whole conversation. <laughs> Mike's trying to sell himself to the bouncer to get through him, to get to the to get inside. I don't know who he wanted to talk to, but... There was two or three of the finalist players there, you know, the final six players there. And this guy goes, he goes, you better get out of here before I call security and have you removed from this from this thing. So Mike, Mike came up to them, maybe maybe to the guy's chest. And he just walked away, and it was I was dying of laughter two minutes later because he walks up to somebody, the people he was talking to, and they're all dumbfounded because he, I guess he must have told them, oh, look, I'm going to go back there and talk to these guys. And he just walked up to him and he goes, this guy just doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, couldn't stop laughing my right. ass off. He goes, this guy just doesn't know who I am. Don't see Mattisau's name here, but uh, some of the players still alive uh, with a shot. Uh, not in the top uh, 13, but James Calderaro, David Paredes, A.J. Kelsall from the Tampa area, Joey Cooden, Kevin Saul, uh, T.K. Miles, who plays in a lot of tournaments down here locally, Jeff Gross is still alive. Uh, let's see, a couple other names that we can give you here that are still uh, Justin Zaki, also from the Tampa area, although he's down near the bottom of the list, and Mike Linster is the short stack. So uh, still 56 players, and... Uh, that will be uh, winding down in the next year, too, and uh, certainly another champion will be crowned there and adding their name to the Champions Cup. Well, the, you know, I just remember that was in September of 2004. Wow. So, pretty crazy. 
okay, well, let's take a final break here on the show. Uh, we'll finish things up when we return, including some notes on uh, the scarcity of women's events this summer, which is kind of a little disappointing. You know, we always obviously cheer for the women, but uh, I think we're making a transition, and we're seeing well, more women play in the, in the open many, events. How many top women have said they don't want to see women's only yeah, events? Yeah, true, true. So... Let's but it still happens. needs to be out there to grow the game, no question. I, I, I that's my that's uh, that's exactly where I feel, Big Dave. Okay, uh, we'll finish things up. Also, some news about the uh, WPT Tournament of Champions, which has been at the Seminole Hard Rock the last couple of years, will not be there this year, and we'll talk about why when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe from South Florida. By the way, uh, people are wondering around the country what it's like here. Uh, it's going to get a little chilly tonight, I think maybe about yeah, 60. Was, hey, listen, last, <laughs> night, last night I was out last night. The wind chill factor kept saying at about 10, 11 o'clock at night, feels like 49 for, for Florida. That's freaking cold. Yeah, well, that's wind chill. I think it only got down to about 55 or something. In 50, well, I saw early in the morning because I decided to work last night. Early in the morning, and the lowest it got was 52. Yeah. You know, so. It's been very breezy lately, very, uh, very windy lately. That's the thing that makes it, you know, I thought it was, it felt colder than 49 to me. Because of that wind. Not taking a boat out this week. <laughs> if we had one. <laughs> okay, a little news uh, here about ladies' events. Uh read this article, and I was kind of surprised to find out that uh, uh, it's not just that there aren't all ladies' events. There's a few here and there, but uh, it's kind of inconvenient for, uh, for them. For example, uh, what I mean by that is there are seven major tournament series in June and July out in Las Vegas, and only three of them are offering ladies-only events, and they're all within three days. Uh, July 7th, 
is the WSOP uh, ladies event with the thousand dollar buy-in minus the uh, the ten thousand oh, for 10, the male 000, minus a thousand, nine. A thousand for the women. Right. <laughs> Uh, there's no guarantee in any of these, in, in two out of the three. But that starts on July 7th, uh, which is the day before the main event starts. Then on the 8th, the first day of the main event, is the $300 buy-in for the ladies at ARIA. And Planet Hollywood has a uh, No Limit Hold'em ladies event for $250 buy-in on July 9th. So uh, I guess you could play all three if you're not doing that well. You know, if you make day two of anything, you have to miss one of these events. I'd love to know what their thinking is. I wonder if they're thinking they're bringing in women because of the, you know, the dates are scheduled so close to each other, uh, you know, but I don't know, you know, uh, maybe the top women are getting to the point where they're saying, hey, listen, we don't need this anymore. Yeah. But I agree with what you said right before the break, Dave. You know, I think it's something that would help grow this, and I think the top women need to get behind this in the sense of, hey, you know, get your feet wet in this tournament when you're playing with other ladies where, you know, you don't have that, you know, what we've always said here when you have some of these jerks that, that decide they want to, you know, uh, uh, show their intelligence <laughs> uh, on the tables and just make them feel comfortable. I mean, you know, we need to definitely grow the, the sport. I mean, you know, look how many young people are playing it now and everything. And that's, you know, the explosion we've seen. We just need that from women now. Yeah, and let's face it, women are all wel- always welcome in the open events, and uh, a lot more are taking advantage of that, and we'd like to see that happen as well. So uh, the seniors' uh, events, just a quick note here, there are seniors-only uh, events scheduled at the Aria, the Wynn, the Venetian, Planet Hollywood, two at the WSOP this summer, and five at the Golden Nuggets. So plenty of opportunities this summer for seniors' players. Uh, the other note that they mentioned was that uh, there's diminished values for both the seniors and the ladies as uh, at the WSOP is they're only offering $5,000, 5,000 starting chips, which is a lot less than a lot of the other events. Is, do you think that's a big deal? Uh, yeah, depending on what the blind structure is and, you know, the, the levels, how long the levels are. Um, I'd love to hear their explanation as to why they're starting with such few chips. Yeah, I don't know. You know, my only guess is they want to get the tournament get in done. and out yeah, as, yeah, exactly. as, as quickly as possible. Uh, Lupi Soto, who runs Lips uh, Tour, uh, says, uh, "Hey, let's let's face it. Uh, you know, for a ladies' event, you might bring in 200 players, but the on an open event might be triple that. So, uh, you know, casinos are always uh, on looking at profits, and uh, maybe it's just uh, run its course as far as uh, having a lot of those. But I, th- I like having them, and I like uh, trying to encourage women to get into the other open events. And Big Dave, the only the only reason that I can see that it's not been going crazy is, I think you know tournament officials, you know at the WSOP, have hoped that the main event had been you know would keep growing with with the amount of women entering. And we just haven't seen that over the last few years. Yeah. So, you know, they they may have come up with a decision that's saying, hey, listen, you know, we we may have topped out at what we're going to have as far as women concerned playing in tournaments, you know, uh, of this nature. And, uh, you know, Big Dave, the, the only big thing that I can call is being a father is – you know, uh, I, I still recall Bernard Lee leaving and saying, you know, he had the support of his wife and, and everything else. Um, but 
it is a lot more difficult for a woman who has a family to to step away. Yeah. Uh, being that they they are the champions of the household of taking care of the the kids and 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 us and everything else. So yeah. I don't know if that contributes to the lower number of women playing in these tournaments. Okay. Uh, final note: uh, WPT has released the, the dates of the uh, season-ending event, which is the Tournament of Champions. Last year, it followed the Seminole Hard Rock. Uh, showdown uh, the week after. So the last two years, in fact, it has been piggybacked on that event. This year there'll be uh, some time in between, and they will be playing it at the Aria this year in Las Vegas for the first time. The Tournament of Champions is uh, scheduled for May 24th, $15,000 buy-in, and they will also have an event right before that. It starts on May 20th and will last through the 23rd called the WPT Bobby Baldwin Classic. That is a $10,000 buy-in, honoring the uh, the great champion for years with a storied career, Bobby Baldwin, out there. Uh, Bob named Bobby's Room, named Bobby's after room him, of course. Bellagio, yeah. And uh, they will host that out there. That is a single re-entry event, uh, once again running May 20th through the 23rd. So uh, the tournament champions who won last uh, year by Daniel Weinman, the year before by Farid Yashao. Um, last year, Weinman uh, beat Michael Mizrahi at the final table, uh, head-to-head. And they will have this rake-free event open to all past WPT champions. Winners from the current season have already secured their seats. And previous winners uh, the, for the last two years have banked over 381000 with lots of prizes and that sort of thing. So uh, certainly we'll look forward to that and uh, see what happens. I guess they will move... The uh, the final table to the Luxor. Uh, there's an esports arena out there that they're going to play at. So uh, still some excitement. And uh, although the Hard Rock loses that event, they got plenty more. So yep. uh, they're not missing out on anything. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for the show for us, Joe. Thank you as always. Uh, look forward to another edition of the show next week, Geo. Thank you for your help running the show, and uh, we couldn't do it without you, buddy, for sure. Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another program. Working on a few things. Uh, the Quee Win book, I'm, I'm going to get on that. Uh, whether we get Quee on the show or just his co-author, Stephen Blay, uh, one or the other. And then uh, still working on a Molly's Game a show that we'll uh, hopefully see the movie and get to that next week. Or the week I after. hope so. <laughs> okay. uh, that'll do it. We'll be back with more next week. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time if we don't see you at the felt. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.